Good morning, family. My name is Stephen Aguaya, and my amazing wife, Hannah, and I have the privilege of serving in the Harlem ministry of the New York City Church of Christ, and I'm so honored to be able to share some thoughts with you this morning. Uh, we're going to be continuing our sermon series um, titled The Armor of God, based around the text of Ephesians 6. You know, two weeks ago, Sam Powell started us off, um, reminding us to be strong in the Lord, and last week, my Uncle Mike Tolliver really brought the heat and told us that we were in a spiritual battle. And today, we're going to be looking at truth, specifically the belt of truth. Um, I would be a bad husband if I also didn't take time to say happy Valentine's Day uh, to my incredible wife, Hannah. Baby, you are a, a blessing on top of a blessing. I love you so much. And also to my mom and grandma who are who, who's watching this, uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Rachel, Joanne, I love you guys so much. Uh, you bring so much joy to my life, and uh, and thank you for all you do. You know, a couple years ago, uh, I got a call from our cable company when we were in Baltimore saying that I qualified for a promotion. They even called me a preferred customer. I like that a lot, preferred customer. Uh, the guy on the other end of the phone said, hey, listen, if you pay three months of your average bill up front, we will give you those three months of of, uh, of, of cable and we will add an additional three months and we'll throw in a free iPad. So essentially, Mr. Aguaya, you pay three months, we give you six months and a free iPad because you are one of our preferred customers. I was like, yes, absolutely. Saves us some money over the long term, gets me an iPad, it helps the family. I was sold 100%. Make the payment, boom. One week goes by, I'm waiting for my iPad. Two weeks goes by, waiting for said iPad. Third week goes by and I get a call from the cable company, honestly expecting an apology of why my iPad is taking so long to come. And the guy says, hey, you know, Mr. Aguaya, just calling to, um, to find out what's going on. Um, we, we see here that you're, you're late on your, on your bill. And I was like, uh, no. No, actually, uh, I'm not. I, I, I signed up for your promotion. I paid three months. I got six. I want my iPad. Maybe you should check your preferred customers list, your VIP uh, uh, list, if, if you would. And there was a pause. And he said, uh, uh, Mr. Aguaya, um, we never ran a promotion like that. We don't even really have a preferred customers list. You're also not the first person this week who have br has brought up this same scam that people have been falling for. I was shocked. Previously, I was convinced. I was confident. I was proud of myself. I was certain that I had paid, not even paid, but paid extra, and I was deserving this iPad. I was confident, but the truth was that there was no promotion, no preferred customers list, and now I owed money, plus late fees on top of that. And there was no iPad. There was an iMad, I was mad, but no iPad, and nothing that I could do about it, apparently. The truth was that I was scammed. The facts were I needed to pay, but acknowledging the truth, but agreeing with the truth, even accepting the truth, those things don't pay that bill. 
The truth needed to push me to appropriate action in order for me to benefit from it. When that bill came, I can't send back a letter saying, I agree with this, or I accept, or I acknowledge this. They're not going to accept that as payments. I have to actually pay. I had to make real life altercations to my thoughts and actions to align with this truth that I owed this company money. Let's take a look here at Ephesians chapter six, which would be our, our main text for the day. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, therefore, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You might have seen this visual before, right? Based on this scripture, this, this soldier, the full armor, weapons, helmet, shield, all of this. And around his waist is this big, thick belt, the big, big old buckle uh, in the front. And, and that's, that's what I thought this was, this was supposed to be, just a, uh, the belt of truth, this, this holding up the pants of, of truth. And, and, and Steve Kennard, please uh, put in the chat here if, if I'm wrong, but in my recent study of this, what I found is that Paul actually more accurately states to gird your loins in truth, specifically uh, having girded the loins of you with truth. Loin girding is probably something that none of us have partaken in uh, this week. Maybe Mark Thompson has. I don't know. Uh, but what 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 this be, what this act is is when you have your long tunic that the men of this time would be wearing. You have your long tunic, and girding your loins meant reaching down to the end of the cloth by your ankles pulling it up above your above your knee and putting the cloth through your legs and tying it around your waist uh, to give you more mobility, um, sometimes for hard labor. But in the context of this passage, it's preparing for hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's preparing for battle, preparing to, to, to need all the flexibility and, and mobility to fight somebody. Gird your loins then quite literally means adjust yourself for battle. Stand firm then, uh, readjust yourself with the truth and allow the truth to reconfigure you in preparation for spiritual warfare. Well then, what truth? What am I wrapping around myself in preparation for this warfare? Where in, in John 8, chapter 31 and 32, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you believe and hold to what Jesus taught and follow in his footsteps, follow in his plan for your life, you will know the truth. And living in that truth sets you free from the bonds of sin, sets you free from the eternal ramifications of sin, and sets you in presence with God in heaven for eternity. But you have to hold you have to abide. You literally have to live inside Jesus' teaching. Live inside the word of God. Do what the Bible says in order for that truth to be understood by you. I think a lot of us have, a, have trouble with this because we would like to have the, the truth up front. It's like, well, Jesus, give me the truth ahead of time. And based on my agreeing with that truth or not, I will decide to conduct my behavior in accordance or not accordance to, to what you've given me up front. That's not how Jesus presents it here. If you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. You know, Christian theory 
doesn't save. But Christianity does. If you take two people, two able-bodied, around the same age, same build people, and give one of them unlimited access to footage of the greatest boxers of all time, Give them full libraries of interviews and information so they can study the science of boxing. And you give the other one boxing gloves. And you give them access to a ring and a sparring partner. Have them get hit. Have them hit back. Have them get knocked, knocked down. Have them get back up. After a year, if you put the scholar and the, the participant in a ring together, it's going to be very obvious very fast. Who actually knows the truth about boxing? Gird your loins in the truth. Live and make adjustments to your life based on Jesus' teaching. If we read and profess the word of God, but fail to apply it to our lives, we become modern day Pharisees, chasing knowledge while running away from truth. Well, then what's the truth? In Ephesians 4, in verse 14, reads, then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. You know, Paul here is telling the church in Ephesus um, about, about spiritual maturity and how we need to strive for unity in the faith. And he also says that we should grow and grow so that we're not confused by false teachings and, and fabrication of men trying to misrepresent scripture to communicate something other than God's plan for us. Speak the truth in love. Notice how he didn't say speak your truth in love or speak your honest opinion about something in love. He says speak the truth in love. You know, we're all given brains. God's given us brains. God's get, God gives us the ability to have preferences. Personally, I like and understand pizza that has pineapples on it. I get it. If you understand sweet and savory, and, and if, you, if you like ketchup on your burger, you already like sweet on savory things. You like ketchup with your fries. You like the, the sweet with the salty. Pineapple on pizza makes plenty of sense to me. Um, I also think that if we can agree that LeBron James is the is the, the most well-rounded basketball player of all time, then that well-roundedness also makes him the best basketball player of all time, in my opinion. I also think that, that the flavor of mint only belongs in toothpaste and gum and mouthwash and nowhere near desserts or other foods. Um, but these are my opinions. These are my, my personal preferences that God gave me a brain so that I can make these decisions of what I prefer. It's truth to me, but it's not the truth. It's not universal standard truth. It's up for discussion and up for debate. So when it says speaking the truth in love, there's one truth that's being talked about here. Speaking the truth in love cannot become a license to say whatever you want because you also claim to love the person you're talking to. Uh, we cannot wrap our opinions in out-of-context scripture and sell it as God's word or God's will. This is the very thing this scripture is speaking against. So then, what is truth? Well, truth is reality as seen by God. 
So the, the, the speaking the truth in love becomes presenting God's reality motivated by our love for one another. This counteracts the influence of humanistic thinking and makes God the basis of all truth. What is true to God? Well, that becomes truth because God's truth should trump our opinions about anything. So speaking the truth becomes speaking what God considers true, not our strong opinion about one thing or something else. The opposite of this then actually doesn't become lies. It becomes illusion. Because if truth is a reality that we live in, the opposite of that is an illusion that someone could choose to live in, which is not based on God's truth. So here are some truths. Queen, your value is not attached to men's lust over you. I'll say that again. Your true value is not attached to men's lust over you. You know, the world has created this, this illusion that says that your beauty has to be identified and measured in people gawking after you and, and social media likes and, and follows and people chasing after the, 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 the objectification of, of, of the woman. This is an illusion from the world. This is a, a lie. This is, a, this is a, a scheme of Satan to have us think that that's, how the, that's how, what truth is. That is not truth. That is an illusion, a fake, a fake reality that is not based on how God actually perceives things. Because from God's perspective, in God's truth, you were made beautifully. You were made beautifully, regardless of what the shifting standards of our society today communicates. You were made beautiful by God. Truth is, brother... God has incredible faith in you. Fully aware of your flaws and shortcomings and insecurities and failed attempts at the past, God has created you for greatness. So we got to get to work. Truth is, you can't love God and hate his church. You can't love God and stir up dissensions in his church. You can't love God and live in a critical attitude towards the church. From God's reality, we are to give daily thought and consideration about how we can build one another up toward love and good deeds, not to deconstruct the structure of God's church and point blame and point fingers. You cannot love God and hate his church. The truth is, Jesus' ancestors were slaves, and he was a Middle Eastern minority marginalized man who lived under the thumb of systemic oppression, who was constantly harassed without proof of crime, unjustly arrested, misrepresented in an aggressively biased court, and sentenced to death by a corrupt legal system. Not only does scripture clearly communicate God's desire and full intent to bring justice to an unjust world, we also have Jesus Christ, who he himself has a shared experience of being someone that society dealt hands against. Truth is, false doctrine is going to keep a lot of people away from God. The Bible is very clear. Scripture is very clear about the process of salvation. You need to believe in Jesus Christ and his plan for your life. You need to repent of your sins. Turn away. Change how you think 
about your life and have it align with God's will for you. You need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin by water submersion, participating in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to live a repentant lifestyle fueled by the indwelling Holy Spirit and, and strive towards constant repentance day after day as we grow and add to our faith as part of God's community of believers. This is the truth. Truth is, on my best day, I am barely a saved sinner who could never do enough to clear all the pain that I've caused and all the harm that I've inflicted on people. I have been immoral, deceitful, violent, two-faced. The list goes on for longer than I would like to admit. But the truth is, Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient. The truth is, I didn't pay that cable bill. I couldn't afford it. We spent all this money on the scam. I didn't have enough money to pay for the actual bill. The truth is, I called my dad. Embarrassed, ashamed, frustrated, broke. And my dad sent me the money to pay for the actual bill. And the late fee. And additional money just because that's how he treated me. And the reality is, we don't have enough in us to cover our own sin. You can't, you can't do enough good to cover what you've done that's not. And the truth is, God's aware of this. So he gave us his son. We're going to take communion together as, as, as a family here. And I think it's, it's important for us to understand that the sacrifice to counteract everything wrong with us is true. That Jesus Christ lived the perfect life, got killed for doing only love and care and, 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 and miracles. That should have been us. We, the truth is that we deserve the punishment. But we've been given a chance to wrap ourselves in this truth, to gird our loins in the truth of who God is and who he wants us to be. Let's pray, take the communion, and remember what's true, that God loved us so much, and he asked us to fight in this spiritual warfare. The truth is, because of God, because of his truth, we've already won. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love, your mercy. God, thank you for having us in your family. Father, thank you for giving us truth. Thank you for giving us everything we need to fight in this spiritual warfare. God, thank you for the sacrifice of your son. I pray that we never take for granted what you needed to do to make this possible. Father, thank you so much for who you are and who we can be because of you. Also pray in your son's name. Amen.